Final word, World Cup Daily 2023, Day 7. Adam Collins and Jeff Lemon with you for Westfield, London, Westfield, Stratford City. More extra, less ordinary. Jeff, take it away. 30 seconds. India, Afghanistan, tell us about it. Afghanistan batted first, a lot riding on Gerbas and Zadran, who were out, not for tiny scores, but for not much. But then there was a big partnership between Hashmatullah and Asmatullah, who made 80 and 62 respectively, got Afghanistan up to 272 for eight. Looked a decent score, but this is Delhi where runs come fast and big. And Rohit Sharma made sure that that happened. 131 of the best, fastest World Cup 100 for India. They chased it down in 35 overs, standing on their heads. Bish, bosh, bash. Yeah, they, as you say, they win in 35 overs. So the net run rate takes them just beneath New Zealand now in second spot. They've got Pakistan next. I think we might have seen after the Australia game, they needed a, a nice little tune-up against Afghanistan. This is precisely mm. what that was. And Rohit Sharma back into top form, 131 from 84 balls, 16 fours, five sixes. So impressive. You know, it was a relatively slow start to the chase, none for seven off two. But they put on 156 here in Ishan Kishan. He made 47. So mm. uh, Rohit making two-thirds of the runs, going at eight and a half and over or something ridiculous like that. Coley puts on the finishing touches. Another half century unbeaten. 55 not out there with Shreyas Iyer, who gets some runs at the end after missing out on Sunday against Australia. Um, Jeff, I think where we should start, though, is just trying to frame up what Rohit Sharma means to one-day cricket and where he fits in the, I guess, pantheon of greats. That's his 31st one day 100, which takes him past Ricky Ponting, who was always the gold standard on that measure for everyone other than Tendulkar. He's got seven World Cup 100s, more than anyone, also taking uh, Tendulkar over in that inning. Seven in 19 innings. A World Cup average of 70. I mean, by any measure, he's an all-time great, but he's also an all-time World Cup mm. great. You want nobody else leading this side other than Rowett. World Cups are a different thing right it's a it's a, a different level as well the way he played today it was your classic row at 100 had a little look for a couple of overs you know okay what's going on here Afghanistan open with Majib as they do had a look for two overs and then he was like cool I'll clip that one through midwicket um, and then you know the next over just goes six four four um, off off uh, Fazal Haq Faruqi and just then started mowing them down from there. 50 and 30 balls, um, 163. It's the World Cup equation that's the fascinating one, right? The the seven centuries you mentioned, great, but he got those from 19 games. Nobody else who's even anywhere near him. So let's look at it this way. There are 22 players now who've made over 1,000 World Cup runs. He went past that mark today. Most of them have played 30-something matches. Tendulka played 40-plus. He's played the fewest matches and he's already 12th on that list. If he has a, a big World Cup here, five or 600 runs, he'd comfortably be third on that list. And having done so playing fewer matches than just about anyone else. David Warner's at a similar pace. He's got just over 1,000 World Cup runs also from 19 innings, uh, but 400s rather than seven. So, you know, smaller scores a little bit more mm. consistently. Rohit Sharma, obviously, a, a duck in the first game and then this big 100 here. But the brutality of it, you look at, that list, there's about a dozen players with uh, 10,000 ODI runs. Coley and Rowett are the only contemporary players amongst them. They've transcended the fact that not as much one-day cricket is played anymore by just dealing in such pure bulk. Like, the the, the sheer 
mountainous nature of the numbers is absolutely astonishing. And I think people forget about it. You know, we were talking about being at the Australia-India um, game the other night and how it's 10 to 1 in the crowd for Virat shirts versus Rohit shirts, which, which is not a scientific measure. Um, it, Depends on how many are produced, more so than the market demand, perhaps. But, you know, he's always had that second fiddle to, to Virat thing. There was the weird Coley stand saying he was no good at cricket, even though he was making um, all of these runs in the background. And I think it's only right that he, he gets gets a bit of his own space and time um, here tonight, having passed all those records, which he shrugged off after the game as he would, saying, look, that doesn't matter. I'm here to win the World Cup. Let's do that. Yeah, I mean, the, the Sachin thing's interesting. Yeah, 45 innings Sachin played for six centuries and Rohit seven in, in 19 innings. It's a staggering record. In India as well, where this World Cup's being played, 13 centuries, an average of 59. So it all lines up perfectly for him. And, and you touch on that uh, Rohit Kohli thing. I know that happens when you've got two generational mm. greats playing at roughly the yeah. same time. They're going to be compared, and that's fine. But what's been grating periodically is that you see these Coley super fans with pictures of him in his bio and in their bio and all that kind of ridiculous nonsense where they, they somehow think that Rowett is therefore mm. no good um, you know the no hit Sharma bullshit we saw the other night he missed out against Australia that's what happens when you're opening batsman you, you know you miss out from time to time got a beauty from Josh Hazelwood and I was reading a stream of tweets saying oh World Cup big occasion can't step up and, and so on which has never stood right. to reason. He's the he's the classic big game performer. Even look at his record against Australia. I know it's a small sample size compared to all the one days he's played, but he averages 58 against the Aussies with 800s, and they've typically had the best bowling attack in the world other than India in this format of the game in the time that he's been playing for India over the last 12 or 13 years in this form. So, yeah, I, I, and even the, the, the one-day 100, right, today, that's such a profoundly important moment mm. in Indian cricket history. The century from Kapil Dev against Zimbabwe at Tunbridge Wells in 1983. The 100 that made the World Cup win at Lords possible. They lose to Zimbabwe that day from 25 for 5, which in all probability they're going to. That's World Cup over. Um, but um, Kapil's record being broken tonight by Rohit seems mm. fitting uh, that he's got them into such a great spot just before they have that blockbuster in front of 100,000 people against Pakistan over the weekend. I mean, it ends up being more like 15 or 16 years that, that Rohit Sharma's been playing one day cricket given he came in as, as such a youngster before he got his test opportunity um, which which does sort of pass you by he's, he's had this he's had a weird way of going under the radar for a guy who's made what three double hundreds in one day international cricket <laughs> and all the rest of it there was that long period of time where it was like oh well he's only a white ball player hadn't cracked test cricket that kind of um, interpretation of it as well which which has changed in the last what six or so years but it, mm. I find it interesting and he hasn't played as nearly as much one day cricket as he would have you know you, you go back a generation before and everyone was playing 300 350 400 sort of uh, games <laughs> he's played 230 whatever it is but compared to someone say someone like Steve Smith who just went past 5,000 one day runs um, and Rohit Sharma's well past 10,000 now and he hasn't played twice as many games he's played more games than Smith but not uh, uh, sort of not not to that mm. sort of level that it actually tallies up so it's his ability to just bulk score and there's a sort of level of inevitability sometimes a feeling that he's just going to happen and he's going to make it happen like he did tonight and there's nothing that anybody can do about it so I think that's how it would have felt for Afghanistan after after a few overs you know and there was a point where Rashid Khan came on in the 15th over a bit too late probably like they needed to to, to pull that ripcord earlier and he bowled 
that three tidy overs, bowls a fourth that's that's intermediate, and then Rohit goes, ah, nah, enough of this. Six four four off the first three balls of the, I think it was the twenty third over, and. If there was any hope that Afghanistan might have been able to pull it back, that was when it crumbles. When okay, here is your by far and away your best player, your trump card with the ball, and Rowett's going to smash him as well as he's smashing everybody else. Um, it, it was probably already game over by that point. He brought his hundred up in the eighteenth over, mm. the eight, fifty in the eighth <laughs> over, hundred in the eighteenth. Um, look, we know it's a bit of a mismatch, and particularly given that they played at Delhi, you know, had had it been say. India, Afghanistan at Chennai. Um, it might have been a little bit more interesting given given the way that surface was with Australia the other night. But um, tonight it was just a, a night for pongoing. The 100th six in the tournament came up, I think, in the first innings of this game. And at that point, 30 of them had been hit at Delhi <laughs> in the one game, the South Africa-Sri <laughs> Lanka game that had been played there. So what, probably add another 10 tonight that got punched over the rope, or 10 or 12 or whatever it was in the game today. There were eight in India's innings of 273 in, in 15 overs. And look, great leadership's also about providing the conditions for your teammates to succeed. And I think that's what he did for Ishan Kishan. 47 from 47. But remember, he, he got, gets out for a golden duck to Mitchell Stark a couple of days ago. He absorbs, I think, eight dot balls before scoring here because Rowett's doing so much damage down the other yeah. end. It can allow Kishan to play in the mode you need to play in just to feel at ease. And now he's in the tournament with that 150-run stand with Rowett. Not to say that Kishan's spot was under any threat necessarily, but Shubham Gill will become available at some point in the tournament. And there's always one batter in the top seven who's in the death spot. You, you don't want to be that mm. guy. And he's helped himself along tonight by making a contribution. And this wasn't the flat track in quite the same way that I felt the other day with South Africa and Sri Lanka. That felt like an absolute freeway where players could hit off the straight whenever they saw fit to do so. And Rowett was doing it. I mean, that shot he played off Rashid, it was probably around the 25th over. Rashid, who, by the way, was the sixth bowler used. I doubt he's been the sixth bowler used for Afghanistan in any game ever in his international career over the last six or seven years. It says a bit about, you know, and he took the two wickets, right? And he gets the, the wrong one to go through the gate of Rohit Sharma eventually and also gets rid of Ishan Kishan. But yeah, where they misused, I reckon, to an extent, Rashid not having mm. their real trump card on earlier on. But Rowett hit him across the line for six at one stage. It was effortless. You said brutal before, but the thing with Rohit Sharma over the years, it's elegant, it's effortless. He does it in a slightly different way. The shot he played to move from 103 to 107 is one of the most immaculate cover drives you could ever wish to see. Three diving fielders all going in different directions. Mm -hmm. And he, I mean, he better than bisected them because it was three of them. And he managed to get it through all of them, threading the needle with timing that you might expect watching like an old YouTube compilation of Damien Martin. Well, that's what Rohit does as well. So there's a brutality of clearing balls over mid-wicket of pulling and hooking balls over square leg and backwards square which has been his trademark shot but he's always had that graceful cover drive which completes the package the um, trisecting perhaps the to trisect a top. I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure if that's a mathematical concept I'm sure some people can let us know some geometricians out there um, I, I want to talk about the Afghanistan innings as well because I really enjoyed that first innings of the match today I mean yeah. at the halfway mark it felt like 282 wouldn't be enough sure but it, it was a 
a competent, well-managed sort of innings when it could have gone off the rails. Uh, we talked in our preview show about how much Zadran and Gobaz, the two young openers, are the two really relied on by Afghanistan and that the middle order often underperforms, underdelivers. That wasn't the case today. It was a good contest early uh, with, with Bumrah and with Siraj. Siraj is swinging the ball. Bumrah is getting it to seam. Um, the Afghanistan openers sort of play things out cautiously for a little while and then they start to get going a bit, particularly against Siraj, who's, who's pitching up a little bit more. Um, Gerbaz smokes him through cover a couple of times. Zadran, before that, scores three boundaries to get things going. Um, drives mostly, sort of off drives. And, uh, you know, there's this that little bit of wrestle between the opening bats and the opening bowlers going on. And then Boomerang gets one to really stand up off the seam and, and nicks off Zadran for, for 22. So they're 32 for one at that point. Gerbaz gets going for a little bit, um, pulls a six off Shadal Thakur, who then bowls a no-ball beamer that lands off the pitch and gets a warning <laughs> and has to bowl the free hit and all the rest of it. Um, bowls a wide trying to avoid getting smashed off the free hit. And then, you know, sort of clears his head, takes this incredible catch, one of those relay catches, relay to himself where he has to throw it back in and uh, jump back in the field of play and then comes back in the next over to pick up a wicket as well, um, gets, gets Ramach uh, LBW. So, look, yeah. suddenly they're three down and they should fall apart at this point, Afghanistan, but they don't because that's when Hashmatullah and Asmatullah they go on the go slow for 10 or 15 overs and then they start to build up pace and build up momentum and start to counter-attack, um, start hitting a few sixes, start hitting boundaries and build up this 100-plus partnership, which was really heartening to to see a performance of, of that level where Afghanistan's middle-order batting has been the weakest part of their game. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it too. It was actually an eight-over window where the go slow was happening. So from when they came together, when Ramat was dismissed by Taco into the side for Ashwin today, which is a something we We've, we've glossed over and, and I think Ashwin will be back for Ahmedabad against Pakistan sure. due to all that big game experience but whether he comes in for Taku maybe even Siraj conceding 76 runs in 10 overs today that's a, mm. an open question but back to the Afghanistan batters yeah together um, from uh, from the 22nd over and there's a moment right mm-hmm. so Hashmatullah realises there are four men inside the circle when there should be five men inside the circle takes a a, a mow, a swing across the line against Jadeja, looks a dreadful shot, gets a top edge, goes for four. Then he immediately walks over to Michael Goff and says, mate, there is one too few inside the circle. That's a no ball. Yeah. I want my free hit. So like, and that felt like the trigger, like he was cricket smart enough, the captain, yep. to see an opportunity, took that. And the next 79 balls together, they added 104 runs at eights. And at that stage, you know, remembering that Ajmatullah was promoted from seven to five, he's more a bowler than a batter typically, but goes in ahead of Nabi, ahead of Najibullah as well. And, and he, he takes responsibility, mm-hmm. makes 62 from 69, hits four big ones, allows Hashmatullah to do yep. what he does best, finding the rope with more conventional stroke play. And at that juncture, really, they should get 300, a little bit like England yesterday, yeah. the back 10. Didn't quite work. They made 61 from the final 10 overs and they really kind of fall away. I mean, when they lose uh, Ajmatullah to Hardik Pandya, knocking him over with one where he just ripped his fingers down the seam, really classy bowling. Um, I felt for Ajmatullah, you know, out for 80, uh, leg before wicket to cool deep. The perfect opportunity to go on and be Afghanistan's first World Cup 100. Mm. It would have felt fitting had he done so against India 
doesn't quite come to pass as a consequence. Even there was a you know, a bit of lusty blow efforts towards the end. Rashid can't hit a six and a penultimate yeah. over. But yeah, you're right. 272 wasn't going to be enough. It needed to be like 320. They needed to make the absolute most of that 120 run stand. And that's just an experiencing up against, you know, Boomerah, yep. who finishes with four for 39, six wickets in two games. And, you know... Is he the best white ball bowler in the world? Like, probably near enough to it. Had a great World Cup in, mm. in 2019, and he's picked up from where he left off there. And, and you know, all roads lead to Ahmedabad on Sunday for him as well. And I think you talked about them being too slow bringing Rashid Khan in with the ball. They were too slow with the bat as well. He comes in in the 47, yeah. cracks a cut shot for six over point, sure, and hits another four and gets out for 16 off 12 because he just has to swing at that stage. But he's such a clean striker of the ball. Surely you want him coming in in the 43rd when Hashmat gets out. Like, that was just a missed trick. I don't know how um, Jonathan Trott and his team didn't sort of aren't planning for that to use Rashid in that way right. where he can be so destructive, you know, rather than uh, having another couple of players come out and wickets fall. So, yeah, India did a good job of puncturing the balloon towards the end. Uh, but it was an innings of maturity as a team effort from Afghanistan, which hasn't always been the case with the bat. So, you know, I think there's something to be encouraged by in terms of how they played there. Um, but I think we've done the game as well as we can, and I think it's time to go to the final word Hall of Fame. The final word Hall of Fame is brought to you by Westfield London, Westfield Stratford City. Jeff, we weren't on together yesterday, so I didn't get the chance to tell you that the biggest Christmas tree in Europe, mm -hmm. the biggest Christmas tree, that's quite the claim. Mm -hmm. you, know, you think about all the Christmas markets that are held over yep. the continent, all the kind of novelty Christmas trees yep. put up in uh, town you know, squares and mm -hmm. in parliaments and all the rest of it. The biggest Christmas tree in Europe is at the ice rink at Westfield London. How's that? So and Europe uh, is the home of the Christmas tree. That's where the Christmas tree comes yeah. from. The uh, iconic fir tree covered in snow is, a, is a, a northern Christmas staple. And yet, and yet, none of them have made a tree bigger than the one at Westfield. Have a look at yourself, Europe. I jumped on the website today, which is in the show notes, uh, for um, skating at Westfield, London. Mm -hmm. um, it's 11 quid to go. That's pretty reasonable, if you ask me. Half term's coming up uh, later in the month. So that's you know, when schools get a week off and so on. But even before that, starts second week in November. Get down to Westfield, London. Click the link. Uh, pick your time and get on the ice. Uh, <laughs> I said before um, that we continue to mention the West Coast Eagles in that context, but we'll, we'll move on from mm -hmm. that gag. Uh, but I mean, I've only ice skated a couple of times, Jeff. I I don't expect you're somebody who's done it too often, but I know it's not as hard as it looks. You don't okay. need to be as skillful as Gordon Bombay in the Mardi Ducks okay. um, to to be able to competently get around the ice. It's no trickier than roller skating or indeed rollerblading as kids of the 90s. I'm sure we both rollerbladed in the, in the early to mid 90s when we were in primary school. But I, I encourage you to consider it, Jeff. If you come over to London after the World Cup or anyone listening, it's all there. Westfield, London, Westfield, Stratford mm -hmm. City, more extra, less ordinary. So the big Christmas tree. The, um, yeah, I won't linger on the fact that we're talking about Christmas trees on the 11th of October. Um, but <laughs> that's, that's a conversation <laughs> for another day. We haven't even had Halloween yet. Uh, right, Hall of Fame. What's a, I've got Shreyas Iyer in there for that absolutely monstrous six. After a, a day of Rohit oh, yeah. hitting everything, Shreyas is like, yeah, you think that's good? Check this one out. Um, they couldn't even track it on the cameras. It went so far that it just disappeared into the, the, the very back of the stand somewhere. Um, it was off the first did it say how many did it say how many meters it went in the end i was trying to look for that it didn't come up yeah. i didn't notice it on the screen i think they were too busy with the, the winning bit afterwards but yeah first ball of a majib over you know decent bowler put him about 150 meters away the only nomination i have tonight is when uh, naveen uh, al-haq went up to 
Virat Kohli, not long after Kohli walked in. And they kind of grabbed each other by the arm and had this embrace. Now, the Indian crowd were giving it to Naveen earlier in the night, the Delhi crowd, due to the altercation between Kohli and Naveen at the IPL this year. You might remember, Jeff, where uh, Lucknow were playing Royal, Ch- Royal Challengers Bangalore after the game. Kohli, I think, directed the, his bowlers to bowl bumpers at Naveen. They had a, a stoush in the middle when shaking hands. Then Gautam Gambir, the mentor for Lucknow, got involved as well. So originally I was thinking, you know, maybe this is Naveen trying to get himself a contract with RCB. And if you Google this, you will see that many people... People are speculating that's the club he'll go to next mm-hmm. year that he'll leave luck now and end up at the RCB. Don't get stuck into me in the comments if that's wrong. I'm just quoting what I'm reading on the internet. <laughs> I don't profess to know an awful lot about the machinations of the IPL. But um, yes, it, it, after he was copying grief earlier at Navini, he made his peace with the Delhi crowd and Colling. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got, we talked about Ian Bishop and postmodernism last week. In terms of linguistic deconstruction, I liked um, Rowett's <laughs> line after the game. I was glad to go a little big, a little big. Isn't that nice? I'd, contradictory but it kind of makes sense and and this part I, I really liked you, you know how there's there's a, there's a degree of um, obsequious hero worship when it comes to Indian cricketers but they were making a big deal on the at the end of the coverage about how this was a, a moving moment because it was Virat Kohli's final I heard them say something about his final game I was like what's what what he's not retiring halfway through a world cup his final world cup match at Delhi they said as in his home ground. He will never play another World okay. Cup match at his home ground. <laughs> Do you want to know how many World Cup matches Virat Kohli has played at Delhi? Uh, I'm going to guess at most three. 2011, the 2016 World Cup, two. two right? I mean, okay. I'm talking okay. 50 over World Cups. He played a game in 2011 mm. against Netherlands and made 12. Um, and so that incredible legacy, that amazing run in front of his home crowd comes to an end tonight with an unbeaten half century. Oh, God. Sometimes. Sometimes it's a little too much. But he did extend his, his average in winning run chases to 89.87 tonight with another unbeaten 50 in a winning run chase in ODIs. Well, that means something. That means an awful lot more than Coley playing his final, his final World, World Cup, Cup match. In, <laughs> in terms of what's ahead uh, for India, it's Pakistan. We've said it a number of times. Ahmedabad. On Saturday, that'll be must-see TV or get down to the ground. I mean, there's probably tickets on sale um, given the, the capacity there and what we've seen at Ahmedabad in the opening game. Afghanistan have England on Sunday at Delhi again. And tomorrow, Australia, who dropped their first game against India, will play South Africa at Lucknow, where you are, Jeff. Um, don't get... Wouldn't want to get too carried away, but if Australia lose that one, they're in strife. Mm-hmm. And South Africa looked very, very good in game one. So it should be tasty. Mm. Um, it should be very tasty indeed. All right, this has been day seven of the World Cup Daily on the final world. With Adam Collins and Jeff Lemon, we're here uh, in partnership with Westfield London and Westfield Stratford City. More extra, less ordinary. If you really like what we do, jump on our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the final word. We'll be back tomorrow uh, for Australia and the Proteus. Bye. I had to go.